Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 36. Hi, friends. It's uh, it's time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. It's a week where we didn't have to watch Enterprise. Two weeks where we didn't have to watch Enterprise because we also had our uh, crossover with uh, Irish and English Gav. Oh, my God. We're so spoiled. So, yeah, I think the last Enterprise, the pair of Enterprise episodes we had to watch was like December 15th. And we don't have to again until like January 5th. So. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I can because I'm living it. Oh, I'm going to play so many video games. I'm gonna watch things that aren't about fucking Mal or uh fucking John Archer and yeah, Malcolm Reed. You mean trained diplomat John Archer? Trained diplomat John Archer and trained something or other Malcolm Reed. <laughs> I don't know that he's been trained. I think he's just sort of honed his natural talent for being a creep. I, I by trained I mean he was hit by a train. I wish he was hit by a train. Trained. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my Britishness! But that's all he has. <laughs> Good. But it's my only line. <laughs> I can't get by on my looks, I'm a candle. <laughs> Remember when we thought he and Trip looked the same? Yep, I sure do. That was that was a weird time, because now, no. Also, that took way longer than I expected to. What do you mean? Like, it took me like three episodes of our show to figure out they were different people. That's well, that episode where they were friends and like hang out, hung out together for me to figure it out. I it took me less time than that, but uh, I we definitely we definitely both felt the same way briefly, and it's very strange to imagine that now. Who the fuck is this white guy? Oh, he's just the other white guy. What the hell is happening? I think they had similar hair. Like it, it, looking at them now, I can't even tell what we thought was the same. I mean, all we have to do is look at the heads. Like the rest of the body is pretty much identical. Uh, yeah. Because they're, you know, average height dudes who aren't very skinny or very fat. Like, mm -hmm. they're wearing jumpsuits, so it's really hard to see more specifics than that. Curse you, Malcolm, you bejumpsuited idiot. That's that's why we're always surprised by Travis's, like, ripped arms, because yep. those jumpsuits hide everything. And then he takes that off. It's like, whoa, he's got how did, muscles under there. How did that jumpsuit contain you? Yeah, it's because it's you could be basically any shape under a jumpsuit, and it just, you know. He should just rip the sleeves off and beat up a Klingon. <laughs> like stripper style, just like... Uh, yeah, just like rip, rip. Velcro tear them. Now let's take care of some business. And then he beats the shit out of a Klingon. While yeah. Malcolm stands in the background and claps his hands. Or or a Suliban, because I'd much rather see a Suliban get beat oh, up. Oh, God, I would love to see a Suliban get, get beat up. Yeah. Ooh, I bet they bruise real easy like a piece of fruit. Well, they look like cantaloupes. Exactly. Like, their skin, the texture of their skin is basically a cantaloupe. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, you punch one of those, in, you punch one of those guys in the face and you've ruined him. Like, he has a black eye forever. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I get... You can't press too hard on us. <laughs> I guess it's better than looking like a honeydew. Honeydew is garbage melon. <laughs> Shout out to Bojack Horseman for uh, dispensing the truth. <laughs> that we're what all too scared to acknowledge. Oh, honeydew, God, what is even the point of being alive? <laughs> so we got some mail, um, and some oh, people have, have written in to tell us how wrong we are about Enterprise. Other people write in to tell us how right we are about Enterprise. 
some people writing in to tell us that the Orville is the best Star Trek show. And if I see one of those, I'm just going to delete it and not acknowledge it. So, uh, you know, apologies mm-hmm. in advance if you've written seven paragraphs on, on how Seth McFamily guy is the new Gene Roddenberry. I just that's not what our show's about. I mean, let's not go nuts here. Jesus Christ. I mean, if if you want me to read them, Matt, it's your show, too. But uh, I can tell you, as as the guy who gets a lot of the mail and the tweets mm-hmm. and stuff, I'm, I'm already sick of hearing that. I am going to say this right now. The pilot of the Orville was fine. It Moving was. on. It was fine, and I've heard that it gets better. And great. Even if it's great, mm-hmm. that, it's still not a Star Trek show. I get that it's a it's an homage, but it's it's not a Star Trek show. It's just, I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not what we're here to talk about. So, yep. That said, I'd much rather talk about The Last Jedi, but uh, we, we, we'll try it. We, we can do that. Uh, we'll try It's our to... science fiction television show. I mean, podcast. Yeah, but again, then then we might as well talk about the Orville, and I don't want to. Spite, it's out of spite at this point, because the Orville and Discovery came out around the same time, and everyone keeps saying that Discovery's not Star Trek, and the Orville is, and uh, just shut up. Hey, Discovery's a good show. You you know what Star Trek is, what what they say Star Trek is, and mm-hmm. we don't always agree with that. But it doesn't have to be the Star Trek you grew up on. That like the people when Next Gen came out who were like, "This isn't Star Trek. The captain is bald." Wah. Like, okay, shut <laughs> up. But that's what it feels like now. It feels like this doesn't conform to your idea of what Star Trek is. Therefore, it's not Star Trek. Like, yeah, you know, that strangely ties into Star Wars, too, now that you mention it. I suppose it does. It's almost like fans of things are terrible. Uh-huh. So, that said, <laughs> let, let's hear some mail from some people. All right. Uh, this one comes from DC. Unfortunately, not DC Fontana. But, uh... Oh. Said, well, hey, DC, I... we're still pleased to hear from you. Yes. Hey, I heard you guys were looking for some good points for Enterprise going forward, so here are some. please. Season two is better than one and more consistent. Uh, I can say that I completely disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you don't, but... uh, No. Season two was a rough stretch of episodes. Mm -hmm. Season one had some some brighter points. This is why we're looking forward to season three? (laughs) Well, I think the next two seasons... I wonder if you can go higher than that. For the rest of the, for the rest of the supplemental, let's not go nuts here. Okay. The worst uh, part is I I have kind of a deep voice normally. Yeah, I know it's it's frustrating to me because I have like gross sinus issues that I can't like I can't make my voice go high because of mm-hmm. physical problems. But no, dudes with deeper voices usually can make their voices go higher. I've noticed, and I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but I, I I covet it. I look. I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> also, I can't sing so. Yeah, but you can do a Monty Python pepper voice where I cannot. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, so you can't do it. Ah. Yeah. Um, that penguin on the television's about to explode. <laughs> it's not the exploding penguin that's funny. It's the woman saying television. Oh, a lot of it is funny. That's comedy writing. <laughs> uh, I have to I, stop now. My neck is going to fall out. I, I covet your, your <laughs> neck injury there. And what do we covet, uh, Clarice? DC goes on. Travis gets two episodes this season, as does Hoshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the. Uh, now this is this is like I think he sent this in before we started season two, so oh, this that's is all fair. stuff we know already. All right. Travis's episode where he went back home wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what other episode he had, but uh, I remember being under the impression we knew nothing about him prior to that. So yep, we still don't really. We I just think, know he went home one time. Yeah, but that was something. Yeah. 
I do feel like, and I've said this before, Hoshi was almost completely given the Travis treatment this season. She really was. Like, there is very little Hoshi in this in this season. Yeah, season one, we were enamored of her, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of her, like, right out of the gate, and we were happy about that. And then she kind of just got shifted into the background. Yep. Uh, DC says, fewer temporal Cold War episodes. That I did like. Mm-hmm. No, we uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Trip gets his big character art throughout season three. Yeah, we got a glimpse of that, I think. I think uh, that's a thing I'm looking forward to. We'll see. If, I, I mean, if it's good, you know, yeah. I don't want I don't want Trip to be mad and sad all the time. Like, that's not uh, the character I fell in love with. I feel like that's what they're going to do. But the show doesn't do subtle. This is, is the, the year thing. we make Trip grim and gritty. And fuck you. Yeah, this is like chicken gotta, fried Battlestar Galactica. I got to avenge my sister. What died? <clears throat> Sweetie. Some say we all. <laughs> Sweetie, no, no, just just calm down. Yeah. And then in the, th- in, and then in the third to last episode, I'm going to mysteriously kill myself for no reason. <laughs> and then I was an angel the whole time. Caw. Angel, <laughs> caw? A- angel's caw. Oh, okay. You just like that sound. I really do. Uh, he says, Paul gets more character development this season, and we learn more about her family's history. Yeah, that wasn't so Cool, bad. cool. I'm done with that. Uh, and again, <laughs> this is referring to season two, which we've now seen. This was written, I think, probably- oh, for us to answer at the end of season one and just didn't get in in time. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm down with that. You saw that, Matt. Oh, yeah. Porthos gets his own episode a night in sick bay. Yeah, that, that was okay, except it just underscored how terrible Archer is. That had the great appearance of fake Porthos. Oh, God. Yeah. The Taxidermy. world's most unrealistic dog puppet. No, it wasn't a puppet because puppets are made to move. No, this was just made to float. Yeah, it was tank. an immobile puppet. Oh my god, I I want to know who got to keep that. Yeah. I want to I want to go to like some some set designer in Hollywood's house and they've just got like a floating Porthos in the corner of one of their rooms. Oh, see, I hope it ended up in like a either a Planet Hollywood like in a restaurant somewhere or in like a like a museum like in oh, man. C- here in Seattle we have the Sci-Fi Museum and surely yeah, yeah. there's other things like that elsewhere. No, no, I hope that and it ended up in a ho- Plant Hollywood Museum next to the uh, the uh, Sylvester Stallone frozen in ice uh, prop <laughs> from uh, from Demolition Man, which I know for a fact exists. And it's at a Planet Hollywood. Excellent. Why well, isn't he one of the co-investors of Planet Hollywood? I know yes, he is a bunch of those big Hollywood tough guys went in on that. Yeah. No, one of them. <laughs> One of the Planet Hollywoods has like a giant chunk of fake ice with a completely buck naked Sylvester Stallone floating in it. Ah, excellent. Does mm-hmm. does, does he does he show his little Rocky? I forget how they cover it, but they definitely it's definitely <laughs> well covered. with a Porthos puppet is what you're suggesting. Uh huh. Probably. <laughs> uh, and DC concludes. Also, the Mirror Universe episode you're dreading is actually a fun and comedic campy episode that has the secondary characters be the leads. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I did not find it comedic, but. As before, I had the context of the show, so maybe, you know. I will say that I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I do know for a fact that they do a completely, like, a Mirror Universe opening credits, and yeah. that's a good fucking idea. No, that I liked, I, I remember, and I've seen it independent of that since then, because it's on it's on YouTube. So. Yeah, so I am I am willing to believe that, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, honestly. Like, honestly. Also, it's, it's a like two-parter. it's the third to last episode, so. Yeah, and it's a two-parter. Yeah. So, it's like... I, the the big objection I have is uh, DS9, my favorite one, already mm. ran the fucking Mirror Universe into the ground. Yeah, that's the thing, man. If DS9 can't do a good U- Mirror Universe episode well, they did. anymore. No, they did. And then they kept doing them. Like, yeah, they did five of them. By that last fucking Mirror episode with Vic Fontaine and uh, Esri in it, like, they completely, yeah. like, 
they ran out of ideas for the concept, man. Like, well, yeah, it's an interesting idea to go to an evil world and mm-hmm. see what the evil versions of your guys are like. But th- then what? But like, uh, this is like why I'm not interested in Discovery doing like a Mirror Universe episode, which they've been hinting at. We'll we'll see. I'm that show has done a few things like. This isn't really a spoiler. It's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess. They did a time loop episode, which uh-huh. we, which was we, great. Yeah, we hate that. Like we're mm-hmm. so sick of that. But the thing is, Discovery's take on it is different. Yeah, because it's not the same. Rick Berman and company, twenty years like stale writing team. It was yeah. somebody new giving it a new spin, and it wasn't so bad. So the other thing, the other thing is that show made Harry Mudd a legitimate villain. Which, if you had told me that a year ago, I would have hit you in the face. Yeah, and uh, Dwight Schrute was not terrible as Harry Mudd. At all, no. Yeah, it's pretty good. Also, the end of that episode was probably the best thing about that show so far. Yep. But uh, we definitely won't spoil that. (sighs) God, I want to watch Discovery. I mean, you can watch it anytime you want. No, like, not just for this show. I fucking miss it. Like, I want Discovery to come back so I can watch it again. It's back in a week. It's back on, like... Oh, shit, uh, seriously? Oh, good. Maybe two weeks. It's, like, the first week of January. Okay, oh, fuck, good. I want to say January 7th. Between that and The Good Place, I got something to look forward to. Uh, both of those shows are back in early January. So oh, that's awesome. The wait is almost over. All right. Uh, next one comes from David, and he says, Hi, don't David. You think, don't you think you've been light on Enterprise? <laughs> so this, this is the other end of the scale. Uh, sure, you've given it lots of due criticism. Maybe after the barrels of vitriol you spent on Voyager, you're cutting this junk pile too much slack. If I had to name an episode where this impression I'm getting was the strongest, I'd say it was the recent one where you had Irish Gav on. Please discuss. Keep up the great work. Thanks for years of yucks. I, uh, I don't one. remember which which one. I don't think you mean the most recent one we did about a month ago because this mm. was written in September. I think you yeah. mean the season one one we did with him. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I... you know, I he he might carry less hate in his heart, and we were, you know, reflecting off of that. That's entirely possible. Or, or we got we a might... good pair of episodes. Or yeah, we, we might have gotten a good, good mood one. that week. It's entirely possible. I was drunk that week. You never know. Are you drunk for entire weeks? I mean, I know you drink, but that. Oh yeah, entire weeks go by. I don't even know what the fuck's happening. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll help me. Uh, look, it's none of my damn business. Okay. <laughs> well, as long as you keep showing up for the show, I don't give a fuck what you do in your spare time. Yeah, look. They, they, on the one hand, you have the people who advocate interventions. On the other hand, Prime Directive, man. Uh huh. Infinite drinking and infinite combinations. <laughs> You don't even have to change the uh, acronym. <laughs> Pretty good. Infinite drinking and infinite cups. <laughs> yes, cup. Yes, cup. Uh, David says, P.S. Big fan of drunken time travel, too. Hi, Gavs. Uh, can't help but wonder if Irish Gav would think of the fact that every time a person types the word Irish into my iPhone, it offers me instead a gif of a four-leaf clover or a leprechaun hat. I, I would hope that he would be happy with that. <laughs> I just tested, and this sort of thing doesn't happen with any other nationalities. Oy vey. Yeah, this is a little... Programmed little. by former Trek writers, I can only assume. <laughs> we haven't seen uh, Enterprise grind an axe at the Irish yet, and I don't want anyone to tell us, because I'd like it to be a surprise, but... Yeah, no, when it happens. I wonder it, if I, it they It will have happen. They, they've all had one. I mean, at this point, Gene's been long, long dead, so that, you know... But like, Gene never had... His- that was his personal axe to grind, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know that. I know that it was a thing people did and thought was funny in the 60s, so Gene mm-hmm. had a hand in it. But it, it's all over. Like, I think, and I don't know, but I think in the, in the 60s, it was like a, well, we can't make fun of black people anymore. What about the stupid Irish? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. 
that's what it felt like. I could be wrong, but well, and I mean, there's been like Irish racism for want of a better is that right yeah. irish ra- yeah okay I Irish race. I, this is a weird area for us as two white guys i don't know yeah well but i mean, I mean like that's not a, people exactly have been a, shitty to the irish yeah there you go let's go with that people have been shitty to the irish for a long fucking time i the the irish are like the the you know the least regarded people in english history as mm. as i understand it mm. they were the ones made to do the worst jobs and you know treated badly and, and that sort yeah. of thing so yeah i mean they are still certainly a, a, a people that have gone through some shit, but I don't want to say, well, yeah, these white people have had it the same as other groups, because no, not really. But anyway, uh, and David says, oops, I didn't sign. Sorry for the bad grammar. I am David, and I live in Manhattan. Rock, well, on, thank with you. your, rock on with your delightful selves. Well, thank you, David. Yes. We have, uh, now that Flonk is a Brooklyn hipster, we need we need <laughs> the Manhattan vote, because. Uh, we got to cover all five boroughs. Yes, exactly. So uh, if you're if you're from the Bronx or any Bronx at all, let us know. Soho? Are you from Soho? Is that even no, a Soho's, thing? Soho's in Manhattan. That, all right. That, that doesn't count. But uh, the, all uh, I know about New York comes from Spider-Man comics. So. Well, Spider-Man lives in Queens. That's another yes. one. Yep. Okay. I know that. Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and Stat- Staten Island, I think, is the other one. Ah, yes. I know that from a Beastie Boys song. <laughs> <laughs> from the album to the five boroughs. <laughs> uh, is Staten Island like Coney Island? I mean, it's an island. Near do, New York City. Do you, do, do you have to get the Warriors there? No, I, Coney Island at least used to be like, uh, there's like a an amusement park there. Yes, that's where the Warriors lived. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen the Warriors. It looks terrible. Yeah, I don't see the Warriors. You would have <laughs> liked it. You would have liked it at like maybe like, you know, early 20s. Yeah, exactly. And that's and the I feel time like, to watch the Warriors. I feel like it was on HBO in those days. I just I missed it. So mm-hmm. I missed I missed out. Unfortunately, I never got to come out and play. Yay. That flicks almost a good movie. I mean, I'm sure there are people who would who would defend it. And I'm sure know, there is good on you. But uh, and I like my share of garbage. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. But I got in a whole discussion on Twitter yesterday about how I hate the crow. I, you are in good company here, then, my friend. I fucking I, hate the crow. Uh, but but there is a huge portion of people my age and your age, our uh, mm-hmm. our listening audience, who love that movie because it appeals to a certain aesthetic. There's just yep. some movies that strike a nerve that is just like I don't know why. It's not just that it's not my thing, but I fucking hate it. And, oh, and that's one of them. I read the the comic back back when I was uh you know early twenties, getting like when I was basically reading whatever. Whatever comics wizard told me to read, right? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, The Crow. This is one of the ones that I haven't read yet. People love The Crow. I should read this. This is the worst fucking comic I've ever read. <laughs> I mean, unless you're Kylo Ren, that movie uh-huh. doesn't, or the, you know, the comic too, I guess, doesn't really make sense. So. Crow-lo Ren. <laughs> uh, let's see. This one comes from Mike X. Very, very old friend of ours. Hi, Mike. Uh, he says, hey, guys. Hey. Uh, so I know the supplemental was just this week, uh, but I think I might have crossed over into hating Enterprise all because of one scene. So you know the episode Captain Archer gets sucked through a time hole and can't get home because none of it makes sense part two? Sure. Oh yeah, that was the season two premiere. Oh fuck yeah, when he's uh, in the apocalypse with that dumb fucking, what the fuck's that guy's Daniels. name that I hate? Danny. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> Danny. Future I Danny. Fucking, I fucking hate Danny. I hate future Danny so much. Shut up, Danny. Uh, he says, okay. 
So Hoshi, an admitted claustrophobe, gets to uh-huh. die hard through the ventilation shafts to save the day, which is kind of okay. Mm-hmm. She's likable, and there's heroism in the character overcoming her fear to rescue her crewmates. Mm-hmm. Plus, it might have seemed a little more tense to me than it should have, because claustrophobia scenes give me flashbacks to a horrible cave system I got talked into exploring years ago. Show oh, me. dude. <laughs> I am right there with you. Yeah, look, uh, listen to our uh, uh, Amanda's and my podcast, We're Trying, uh, mm. when I went to caves, because I had a claustrophobic experience in a cave my own self very recently. Oh, man, fucking caves suck. We took, my, my, when I was a, when I was younger, my aunt took, like, uh, my aunt lives on Vancouver Island, there's a system of caves there, mm. um, and they took us in. I was in there for 20 minutes before I'm like, I have to get the fuck out of this fucking cave. <laughs> See, I don't have actual claustrophobia in enclosed spaces. What I have is I, I get claustrophobic in crowds. Oh, sure. Yeah. And there was a bit I had a hard time traversing and I was mm. holding other people up. And that's the part that freaks yeah, me out. Yeah, no, I that's a that's a entirely different horrible thing to be happening. Yeah, no, I did. It, it didn't bother me to be in the cave. I thought that was cool. Although I totally get it. If you're mm. claustrophobic, that is not the place for you. Dude, I turned the the we had uh, like uh, headlamps, right? Like minor hats. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, at one point. Uh, like I ha- I just had to leave and I was like, I went the other way back to the opening. And at one point I stopped and turned my hat off mm-hmm. and that is a darkness you have never experienced in your life. It is. Oh, I know. Horrible. And the quiet. Yeah. Ooh, fuck caves. It's like sensory deprivation. I liked that, but I could totally see how that would freak you out. Oh, uh, he goes on. Anyway, finally, in a scene so misogynistic that I could o- that it could only have been written by Malcolm himself, Hoshi <laughs> reaches her destination and tumbles out of the ceiling, leaving her torn off top behind her. Yep. So the woman who faces her claustrophobia because she's the only one who could do this job and saves the day ends up being the butt of the joke at the end of it all. Seriously? Seriously, Enterprise? I know mm-hmm. I shouldn't expect much from these guys, and there were actual women working on this show, right? Who might have mentioned that this wasn't okay? Sigh, am I reading too much into this disgustedly yours, Mike? I mean, if nothing else, I know for a fact that you can't tell fucking Rick Berman anything, so. I I honestly don't know at this stage if there were women on the writing staff. I assume so, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't recall off the top of my head seeing any women's names come up in we, the credits. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying we should go back and look, but we should be uh, conscious of that going forward. Well, I know Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens write for the show at some point. Ooh. So. That's, That's exciting. Something. Yeah. Oh, you did. I, we've mentioned this before. You just forgot. I, I definitely did. I forget lots of stuff. Yeah. That's true. Probably mm-hmm. because of all the drinking. I mean, that makes sense. I, I um, like that. I, I like that theory better than my brain just doesn't work very well. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I don't know if, if there are. I'm not spotting those names often. Like I usually see Berman and Braga and roll my eyes. I see Mike Sussman sometimes. Uh, yeah. That might be a There's, thing I start checking into going forward, like I check for Voyager uh, actors directing. Yeah, not just Voyager actors, because we've also had LeVar Burton show up and ooh, another next-gen guy, I think. It wasn't it's, Frakes. It's not Frakes, because by this point, he was doing features, I think. Yeah, they gave him two but, next-gen um, movies, and then he was too big Who the fuck was the other... Uh, oh, God, I don't remember. There's a third fucking direct, uh, TNG actor who directs. Ugh, all I can think of is LeVar Burton, and I know for a fact it's not Brent Spiner. No, it's definitely not Brent Spider. Uh, anyway, no, Mike, you're not wrong. That's disgusting. And we said yeah. so at the time, and we still think so. It's, yep. I get, the thing is, any, on their own, and this is something we had a hard time talking about when Michelle was on, any individual mm-hmm. moment of Enterprise is fine. 
It's the yeah. collective combined, like, week after week after week. If they hadn't done all this gross stuff to all the mm-hmm. women on this show, and that thing happened with Oshi, and Malcolm wasn't a gross, yeah. it might have been cute and funny. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and then her top, like, oh, and then she was naked in class, like that nightmare we all have. Yeah, no, oh. like, in the, like, by itself, that's not the worst thing. No, it's it's... it's a it little sound, tone it deaf. seems like pretty shitty writing but uh yeah no but it could be funny mm-hmm. but uh because this show does that all the time yeah it's you know like it's it's it's, it's it's one of the things i fucking hate about enterprise is its insistence on being sexy yeah you know it's like and it's that sexy that trek has never been able to do it, not nope. since tng you know at the nope. very least i you know i would say that there is stuff on original series that's that pulls off sexy pretty well. Yeah, but there's also stuff in the original series that is full on sixties misogynistic. Oh, you are not wrong. Like uh, I am I am Mud's not women. forgetting yeah, I am not forgetting Mud's women or uh poor Janice Rand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never forget Captain Kirk raped a woman. Yeah, no. At least one. Uh let's see, this one comes from David and says, Hello Hi, fine David. fellows. Uh, briefly, I'll say up front that I discovered your podcast quite by accident about a year ago. I was searching for any good horror podcasts, actually, and you fast became a, f- a favorite of mine. Really love the show and find you both very funny. Uh, which brings me to my point that it's hard to hear you suffer. Listening to this last one, fucking singularity and vanishing pointless. You guys and Amanda seemed at about the midpoint uh, to seriously welcome death as an option. It's all still funny listening, don't get me wrong, but there's the International Bill of Human Rights and the Hague Convention <laughs> to consider. Those don't exist in Star Trek. So here's my suggestion, and please really consider it. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Do three episodes of this garbage a week. Sure, you'll hate your existences even more for a bit, but there's nothing whisk- that's nothing whiskey couldn't help. And you'll be done a lot sooner. Free to do discovery. What say you? We we actually used to do three episodes for uh, guest uh, guest appearances. Yeah. Um, it was and- really, really hard. Yeah, it got it was really hard. The episodes were really long, and we couldn't get everything we wanted into them, so... Yeah, and I, I appreciate this suggestion, but we tried it. It doesn't work. I don't drink, and I still have memory problems along mm-hmm. the lines of what Matt described without the aid of alcohol. Yeah. Um, and I have a hard enough time sometimes distinguishing what happened in two episodes of something, but if I watched three, they would just all completely run together. I legit have to watch the episode at least a day before we record or else I'll forget anything that ever fucking happened in it. That's why I take so many notes, why my notes yeah. are so much more substantial than anyone else's just for exactly that reason. I'm mm-hmm. Half the time I'm making jokes, the other half I'm writing down things to remember because I will forget otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's a good suggestion, but like it just doesn't at this point, we just got to power through. Yeah. Uh, Look, we want to get to Discovery as much as you do, okay? Like, Yeah, but the thing is, there's also not that much Discovery. Yeah, that's the other thing. So uh, once we get there, we need to make it last. We're actually going to scale back and do one episode a week instead of two, just Mm -hmm. just so we can make it linger a little more. Yes. Um, This one comes from Deke. Hey, Deke. He says, okay, I know I'm only supposed to write about the current show you guys are watching, the one with Sam Beckett and sexy body rubs. That's not true. But Discovery is now casually dropping the F-bomb, and I'm not—I'm really not okay with it. I was introduced to Star Trek by my mom. We watched mm. the movies and old reruns together. The only family time we had was watching TNG together each Sunday. It was a generational thing. Now they're going to push the envelope. Apparently they don't want me to watch the show with my kids so the next generation can enjoy Star Trek. It's aggravating and sad to me. I'm sorry, but it's not appropriate for kids. Kind of like how I feel about Enterprise's sexy body rubs. It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to watch with kids or parents. Yep. Anyway, how about that Archer? 
What a guy, huh? I'm gonna go cook some catfish. What do you um? What do you think about the R rating on uh, Trek? Because I want this is a good way to we can talk about uh, Tarantino taking over or doing the next Trek movie too. The thing is with Discovery, the only time I've noticed it is the one time, literally one time. Yeah, someone said this is fucking cool, and it was fucking cool. So they were yeah. right about that. Um, there has been none of the, the, I mean, a little bit, but not nearly as much of the creepster vibe, the 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 constant stories about rape handed, handled casually. Like, mm-hmm. none of that vibe has been in this show. There's been a little more violence, and one time someone dropped the F-bomb. I just, I honestly think Enterprise is way worse for a child. Yeah. In terms of tone than the thing Discovery is, is. Also, like, I grew up watching original series, and there's a bunch of stuff on that show that I wouldn't show to kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't I used to watch. Uh, I didn't used to watch TNG uh, with my dad for a while because I watched the uh, the casino episode and it had a scary skeleton in it. <laughs> right, you and your whole skeleton thing. No, I just I feel like they're not really dealing with anything that Star Trek hasn't dealt with before. Someone said the f word once, and there's been a little more violence. That mm. that's it. Like, uh, I get that they're trying to market it that way, but I do you disagree? Have you seen things in there that are more? I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, that F-bomb, I don't know, it's violenter, I guess, but, like... Is it, though? I haven't seen a whole ton of, uh, like, really objectionable stuff. Also, but on the other hand, I should not, I am not the person who should de- be choosing anything that a child should watch. Well, yeah, um, God, no. I, uh, show, I one time showed Mal a uh, cabin in the woods and told her it wasn't that gory. <laughs> about five minutes before the scene where the doors open up on the elevators and about 20 people are eviscerated by every monster Joss Whedon could imagine. Right. And she turned to me and go, not gory? I'm like, mm, I guess I don't see gore like most people do. <laughs> uh, not not Joss Whedon, um, the other guy. Oh, uh, Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. Yeah, that's him. That's yeah, yeah. Him. Um, I just like, uh, and, and I also the same because like I'm not like, I don't have children. I haven't, I don't really talk to children. I have no idea. But yeah. seriously, the only thing that looks objectionable to me is that one thing. And there's not any graphic sex. There's a little bit of violence. But honestly, with all the TV that's on now, it didn't. It doesn't really jump out at me as any more violent than any other TV show on right now. Mm. Like, I get what you're saying, that Star Trek should be wholesome or whatever. But I don't know that it ever has been. So I think I this would, is that idealized version of Star Trek that people have. I would more like, I mean, with anything, you know, monitor it yourself and make the decision, you know, whether it's for your kids or not. Yeah. And okay. If you don't want them to hear the F word, that's. That's completely acceptable, man. Like. Yeah. But also don't, uh, maybe don't have them listen to this show for sure. uh, But also, look, uh, not to tell you your business or anything, but kids swearing is the funniest fucking thing in the world. (laughs) Kid dropping the F-bomb is hilarious. I, I I've been I've been working on my niece for like the last five years. Nothing yet, but I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, this one comes from Anthony. He says, uh, "You Hi, mentioned Anthony. the number. You mentioned the number. Flocks kept saying as four, but it's actually three. He has three wives, each of whom has three husbands. Okay, thanks. Thanks for correcting us. And each of those could wear could eat no fat. And right. Uh, next one. Oh, seven D- cats had seven bags and." <laughs> Deke has written in to show us a picture of some catfish that he cooked. Oh, good. And said, here's what I made for dinner the other night. No trip didn't come to dinner, unfortunately. That's too bad. We'll put a picture of that in the show notes. I imagine he he just wanders the the world looking for a a dish of catfish that he could eat. (laughs) Wanders the time stream. 
He's got Daniel's like time time machine thing. <laughs> Deke, dinner's almost ready. Oh, that's odd. A knock at the door. I heard I'm you was tripped. making. Hi, I'm Trip Tucker. I heard you was making catfish. <laughs> Can I come in for about twenty minutes, eat some of your catfish, and entertain your children with my hilarious accent? Why do you think I have this outrageous accent? I can fix up your boat if you want. You got a boat? I'm in a land boat. You mean a car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one comes from DC. Uh, hey, guys, I've been going through season two of Enterprise along with the show and the preface Archer gives to the book about his father in Singularity, the everyone gets obsessed with things episode, was mm. so crazy paranoid and filled with spelling mistakes, I had to transcribe it. Oh, good. The best lines are highlighted and there's a screenshot of the episode with the writing. We'll we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, as yeah. Well. Uh, these are, Lay it these on are me. The, these are the things that uh, DC has transcribed for us. And usually I don't like to read paragraphs of stuff, but this uh-huh. is this is good. Uh, yet in the midst of his disappointment, Archer began to realize a new truth. Yes, the Vulcans would continue to obstruct Archer's work, as they always have. Yes, there were those in the program directorate who would continue to bend to the Vulcans' wishes. But Soval's passion aggr- passive aggression revealed his blind spot. Never, Archer realized, did the Vulcans consider the possibility that the humans' derivation of the flux paradox might be as valid as the Vulcans. Certainly, they never imagined that Archer's elegant mathematics might have been even more accurate than those of his mentors from Vulcan. Can we take a second to acknowledge the fact that uh, John Archer refers to his father as Archer? I mean, that's how you do it. No, it isn't fucking like... Everyone knows that this is his his dad he's writing about. You refer to your dad as dad in these things. Like, I've no, seen no, no. this okay. crap before. Hang on. hang on, hang on, hang on. This is the book he's writing the foreword for. This is yeah. not. He, no, 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 no. This is, he didn't write the book. He's reading oh, okay. someone's book that he okay. is writing the foreword for. He didn't write this part. Okay, I thought this was the foreword he was writing. Like, no, 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 no. This written. is oh fuck, that's funny. I believe okay. he's reading the text of the book. Okay, that he is then going to write the. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, okay, well then that's still yeah. terrible. Yeah, uh, the paradox of the Vulcan's ego-driven blindness. Yeah, there's there's a lot of horrible stuff, uh, in and it and it goes on like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, and apparently, yeah, there's some typos in there too. So we'll we'll definitely share the uh, the screen well, cap for you in the show. Well, notes. it's a first draft. <laughs> Also, I don't think they actually intended for anyone to to look at it. Mm. Yeah, it was a background thing. If that was the case, they should have done the 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 comics thing and just put in a bunch of like ah, bah, 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 bah. yeah, you know, lorem ipsum, so forth. Then we could have taken screenshots of that and made fun of it. Yeah, I mean, look, no matter what you do, uh huh, you can't win you, with us unless you write a perfectly written book in universe in character as whoever the author was. We're gonna complain about it. Yeah. And then we'll probably complain anyway about you not giving us anything to complain about. Why'd you put so much work into this? <laughs> I've been watching the show uh, Jane the Virgin, which I, I was going to watch as ridiculous research for my soap opera, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be actually really good. But uh, the main character is a novelist, and apparently they published her actual novel as a real book. Oh, wow. And that that is some devotion to world building there. They did that for uh, Castle, too. There was mm-hmm. a series of Castle books that you Oh, that's right. He's, he's like an author or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that kind of thing. I'm not interested in buying it, but mm. I like that it exists. There's also, um, did you know there was a Captain Proton book that was written to be like, to just read like old Captain Proton books? No, but that's fun. Yeah. That's not quite the same because I don't think the writers made that as a, like the tie into the show. I bet one of the book writers said, can I please do a Captain Proton book? This would be so cool. I mean, it's like it was advertised as Voyager and there's a fucking picture of Paris on the cover. So, Well, yeah. 
But that's what I'm saying. Like someone who's like uh, contracted to to pocket books or whoever probably yeah. pitched that. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't the writers of the of the show writing that as extra material and then publishing it. Like sure. There's, you know, a bit of a difference. Uh, this one comes from John Wiggins and he says, Dear Al and Paul hey, John. Rudd. Uh, how are I'm you? Paul I'm Rudd. How are you? I'm fine. Why do you both hate time? Did time touch you <laughs> in a bad place or is time bad? Is that it? Well, I mean, time is the fire in which we burn. So, yeah, and, that's and not waits, great for it. And it waits for no man. I, I perceive I, it as a hunter. I prefer things to be more patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Star Trek, it's because they always use it as an escape hatch. They always yeah. just like, oh, and then we time time it he timed, and it didn't happen. the the amount of The amount of time times uh, that Voyager uh, would use it as a uh, reset button yeah. really like hammered it in like Trek's been doing time travel episodes since the beginning and yeah. you know they vary it's There's part of the it's part ones. of the uh the the format though yeah but like they can use that as a real like mm-hmm. just none of that ever happened well then why did i watch it yeah why did i invest 45 minutes in this when it just got undone anyway because it's the it's the none of that mattered thing like yeah. they like we talked about this in voyager uh this is a way they really fucked up year of hell which was which was a great episode until it wasn't yeah here's a miniature version of what you always wanted from the show but it never happened yeah exactly like that's dumb man like you know, our characters are like the sum of their experiences, and by taking away their experiences, you diminish their characters. That's pretty profound. That's that's like I know you think stuff like that, but you usually don't say it like that. <laughs> you didn't even say fuck in there. It's my thesis. <laughs> that's impressive. Oh, thank you. Now you have a PhD. <laughs> pretty sure how that works. Take that, PhD owners. <laughs> now I'm one of you. I just, like Star Trek hasn't done a good time. I mean, until that time loop episode we were just talking about with Discovery. What was the last good time episode you saw? Did did Voyager do any? Oh, fuck, they must have. They must have done one that was. I mean, the '90s one was okay. Yeah, that's it. That, then I like the '90s one. I I like. I think as, as much as I used to bitch about camp, I've come to appreciate it over the course of doing sure. this show. Like, but early on. Like, I rolled my eyes at episodes like Rascals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I've come to appreciate, okay, this is just a dumb episode and some dumb stuff's going to happen and it's just fun. Yeah. And when you do one of those and you go to a time period we haven't seen before, like seen our characters in before, mm-hmm. uh, that that can be fun. No, I like that uh, that 90s Voyage one and I like treating it like uh, the one where our, the original Enterprise went to the 60s. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a fun fish out of water, just like uh, the, the Star Trek four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same kind of thing, you know? I enjoy that. But uh, that's the, pretty much the <laughs> now, only kind of time travel episodes I like. Now, if the Discovery goes back in time to now, I'm going to be real depressed. Well, yeah, pretty much. I would just stand around. Wow. This is this is, this is is the low that we hit before things got better, huh? <laughs> They're going to blame it all on World War III. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it happened in secret like the, uh, like the eugenics wars. Yeah. Could be. Uh, John Wiggins goes on. What would you do to make Enterprise a good show? You must show your work and be very detailed. Um, let's see. First of all, Archer needs to be a better character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? At this point, I don't know that there's any saving him. It's been two full years of him being garbage. I would just, sorry, Bakula, you're good, but the character sucks. And 
maybe kill you off and bring in a different captain. I mean, like, if I was doing Enterprise from the beginning. Oh, yeah, from the beginning, then Bacula's fine, but make him a yeah, better character. Bacula's good casting. Um, <sighs> The bones of Archer aren't bad. Like... Mm-hmm. The 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 guy the space program guy whose dad designed the engine, um, you can start out with that that Vulcan bitterness, but I want that shit gone real damn quick. What I would love is if he was the only one bitter at the Vulcans and everyone else was fine with them. I'd be fine. Yeah, that, like some kind of spin that doesn't make him right all the time. It's yeah, yeah. And it's a deliberate arc where he's got to overcome that and everyone mm-hmm. like tripping. Everybody's like, well, uh, Captain Vulcans are great. Look, they taught yeah. us how to do this and and we wouldn't even have a warp five engine without them. So uh, maybe, maybe back off a little. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Uh, I want uh, Vulcans like they're supposed to be, you know, yeah. like we they can't they don't always have to get along with us. No, and God some of them can didn't. be absolutely arrogant because that's fun. But all yeah. of them as a species is dumb. Yeah. Like. They've really, I mean, I don't, I'm not getting off on this rant again, but uh, no, we you, have you guys know how I feel. Yeah. Um, Keep trip just exactly yeah. the way he is. Yeah. He's perfect. He's a perfect yeah. spring child yeah. who must be protected. Um, Hoshi's fine. Yeah. I give her more to do. Yeah. Same with Travis. Honestly, I have no particular problem with him, but, uh, yeah. but unless you can give him more to do, you're going to have to lose him. Yeah. Um, Temporal Cold War is gone. Oh, I don't Absolutely. In fact, I I'm getting back to the your earlier point. I'm done with no time travel in Yeah. No, in you could Enterprise. do a fun you could do what what if they went back to I don't know, pick a time that a, another Trek show hasn't done yet. Like uh-huh. and done a dumb fish out of water episode. Like, I uh, I'm okay with that. I just like I like the idea of the original Enterprise discovering time travel and that's where that came from. No. That's just, that's a that's a just a Trek thing for me. That's fair, but I don't, I just, that just doesn't seem very likely to me. Mm. But I mean, I, you know, if we're doing this together, I would concede that that wouldn't be a deal breaker in a show we were making I together. I just, there's, there's plenty more we can like take time oh, yeah. travel off the map or, uh, off the chart. Doesn't like, like there's still plenty you can do with the, with this uh, setting. I just, yeah, again, I'd love to see them dropped in, I don't know, mm-hmm. the twenties or something just for the hell of it. Just for one yeah. of those fun, goofy run around in the past episodes. Sure. But that's it. Otherwise, no, no. Like, I would make a whole list of things you cannot do, like just unbreakable, like, yeah. you know, no negotiating this. These rules are unbreakable. Like, yeah. um, there's no time travel stories involving changing the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like no Romulans, because we haven't met them yet, unless unless we're doing the Romulan War. Uh, that's my other thing. I would bring the Romulan War in at the uh, end of the first season. Yeah. Um, no Borg, no Ferengi, like none of the guys yeah. that any of the other, you know, you can't meet the Dominion because we haven't met the Dominion yet. This is like the, you take the setting that you have and you use it. Like I would yeah. bring it. There would be way more Andorian stuff for me. Yeah, like, and I'd tell bring, rights. I bring Shran is in as a main character, which they wanted to do if they did a sixth season, uh, yeah, like by fifth. the second season. Show only has four seasons, Matt. Shit. <laughs> you always forget that. Yeah, no. Every You're week right. you always forget that. <laughs> yep. No, um <laughs> No, I'd uh, I'd bring that. him in, but I'd bring him in as a main character. Uh-huh. Pretty early. Like I don't know if you could start the series with him, but uh No, they'd have to meet them first. I also yeah. wouldn't have so much Klingon stuff, like some. Yeah. But a Klingon definitely wouldn't have been in the pilot. Like you need to you need to space that out. You need to yeah. get out there and find them. You know, that would have been better for me. Yep. Um, um bring in the Tellarites. Yeah. Basically just like the main uh like 
the four main Federation guys. I'd like if you're gonna do a, ser- a series about the birth of the Federation, having those four guys together, yeah, uh, is a good idea. No, and and as I've said, and they've they've done some of this, and I know they'll do some more of it, but more original series guys. Like I know the Orions yes. show up at some point. Um, yeah, the Orions is, are good. Uh, um, Tholians, Gorn. Yep. Like more, and I know some of that stuff shows up. I know, but I've also seen the way they do it. I know what they do with the with the uh, Orions, and it looks terrible. But mm-hmm. we'll get there when we get there. I don't want to yeah. tell you, Matt, but it's it's stupid. Oh, good, something to look forward to. Yeah, real, real stupid. But um, yeah, um, way more diversity. Maybe, yeah. maybe the crew would not be one third women. Maybe it would be half women, and yeah, that would maybe be great. they wouldn't have a creepy rapey vibe all the time. Uh huh. Yeah, all of that sexy crap is gone. I don't fucking want it. Yeah, but on the other hand, uh, maybe throw a gay couple in somewhere because it was great to see that show up in 2017. It would have been better still to see it in 2001. Sure. Like, uh, gay people can exist. Yep. I'd replace Malcolm with a gay character. Yeah, he was apparently supposed to be gay originally, and I bet Rick Berman said no. Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know... Why yeah, we can't have gay people in fucking two thousand one in like, a in a in a progressive. Show were there that's... even were there even any back then? No, I I don't think so. Christ. Yeah. No, I just they, basically I'd change everything. Yeah. Just I'd make it a different show. <sighs> now I've said this from the beginning. You can do stuff with this setting. I personally wouldn't pick it like. If I were making a Trek show, just out of just you know blank slate, but yeah. you know there's stuff here, there's stuff yeah, there you can do. Yeah. yeah, no, and and half the time we tell you, I wouldn't have done it this way. I would have done it this way, and it's usually a better idea. Uh, if you're interested in the Star Trek show that Al and I would make, uh, we can do it with puppets. <laughs> That's true. We can. Uh, let's see. Captain. Captain will be a shark that I put glasses on, and uh, others will probably be around. <laughs> Oh, I would make, uh, we, we were replacing the captain, uh, replace him with Susie Plaxon. Yes. Just, just cause. Yep. If I'm making this show, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing gross or creepy. Like I have a crush, but it is like a schoolboy crush. It's not sure. like a, yeah. And then, and then she takes off her shirt. No, no, just, uh, just Susie Plaxon as the captain. That's fine. Well, see, now, now you've made a Trek show that I don't want to watch. So, <laughs> uh, this one comes from James and he says, dear Matt. Hi, now, James. Hi. Now is my third viewing of Enterprise, or at least part viewing. I was interrupted last time by two dudes doing a podcast and desired to watch Deep Space Nine Season 4 instead. Good call from me from years ago. <laughs> yep. I wish I was watching Deep Space Nine Season 4 right now. Yeah, me too. Anyway, some thoughts on the characters. Hoshi. She seems to be on a journey from sheepish, scared communication specialist to growing to show's end to a confident officer who would mm-hmm. probably be a good captain someday. She isn't, of course, one of the show's great missed opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Agree with that. Malcolm. I never mm-hmm. picked up on the creeper vibe like you have, but this is a guy who the writers decided should have the primary character trait of being boring with no discernible interest. That'll be great. Throw him into Armus. <laughs> the thing is, the creep thing, we have so many pieces. Like, sometimes we just decide a character is a certain way. This is not one of those times. There are this so many pieces d- of evidence for this. This was just a slow realization on our part where, like, I, I turned to Al at one point early in the series. And I'm like, I think Malcolm might be kind of gross. Well, when he started talking about T'Pol's bum. Yeah, that was a good indicator. Yep. Yeah. He's alone with someone else for five minutes, and that's what he talks about. And so. But he keeps going. Like, the thing was, he keeps going. Like, a one-off of that is bad enough. Yeah. But, you know, like, that's that's gross. Don't do that about a coworker. Like, Well, it's ew. because the show wants to be sexy, and that's usually <laughs> who they give it to. 
Uh, he says, Archer, every time he's about to go off on a diatribe or a lecture or a hissy fit, notice that Bakula has to stand up, face the other direction, and pace while talking. <laughs> Always drive me nuts. Sit down! Stewart and Brooks could deliver enemy material by sitting in a hot tub. Okay, well, we know for a fact that he doesn't like his chair, so. Oh, that's true. But what about uh, it in his quarters? Uh, maybe he just doesn't like all chairs. That's a bit of characterization that we haven't gotten yet. Or maybe he doesn't have a good idea of where Porthos is and he doesn't want to accidentally sit on him. That's fair. Because sometimes smaller dogs, you don't always have a bead on like, oh, maybe he's under the bed. Maybe he's in my bed. Like, I don't want mm -hmm. to accidentally sit on the dog. No, no. That's why I only own giant dogs at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't. I mean, I don't. My <laughs> right. I, I I have visitation rights to dogs. When you when you go back to the home estate. Yeah. Back to Castle Robotham, where the dogs run free. Yeah, exactly. The Although house. actually, we have my uh, my grand my grandfather's dog after he passed away. So, and that one's fucking microscopic. So, <laughs> that, <laughs> that that's an issue. When I first like the first time I came to your house, which was like over ten years ago now, I remember you had an old spaniel who would just like stand there and bark at me. Yeah, that was Bailey. I loved him, but the dog didn't seem to like. It wasn't an angry bark. It was nope. just a, I'm barking. I'm barking at you. <laughs> this is a bark noise that I'm making. Like it's literally with Bailey. It was literally that Far Side cartoon where the guy where the guy invents something to let dog so he can talk to dogs, and all they do is go, "Hey." Hey! Yeah, yeah hey. that's about right. Uh, James continues, Trip. What a lovable, fun character. Great addition to the Star Trek pantheon. You know what would be great? If they made him angry and moody. A warning from Daniels in the future. Son yeah, of we a were, bitch. We, we were afraid of that. I don't want this. God damn it. I'm real mad now. Well, wait, wait and react. I mean, I believe this guy. We, he, he's, he's been talking to us for a while, and I'm, sure. I, I have no reason not to trust him, but... Uh, uh. <laughs> No, I definitely, the part of this show is, you know, seeing this crap with our own eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. He says, Phlox. I could easily argue that he's the best Star Trek doctor in terms of actual doctoring. He's got the least to work with medically, too. Yeah, I said before, mm -hmm. he's got the best bedside manner, for sure. Absolutely. Maybe he's not the most technically skilled. I can't, like, I don't know, because it's all technobabble mm -hmm. to me. Who knows? I love, I, I love that guy. Yeah. He's he's the most likable character on the show, I think. Well, I mean, there's Trip, but... yeah. I, I think me, I like him more than Trip. Well, Captain, let me just check in on my leeches. <laughs> uh, let's see. To Paul, have you guys noticed no one else in Vulcan land has her, or Vulcan fleet has her same uniform? Haven't seen another yeah. female officer either. Weird, huh? She must have a great tailor named Rick. Yeah, funny that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would also go. Yeah. Yeah, like it, definitely. In our version of this show, she would not she be wearing like, his skin tone. I would give her fucking Vulcan robes like they wear, or a yeah. uniform, one or the other. Yeah, and I would contrive a reason for her to put on a uniform in, like, season two or three. Yep. Like Actually, uh, after, uh, you know, having her uh, leave the council at the end of season two, that's a good time to stick her into a Starfleet uniform. Yeah, just just so, so she's not set apart from the crew visually as much anymore, is my reason. Mm. No, I agree. Um, and then he says, Travis, there's a Travis, <laughs> you know, the, pla the practical Joker with all of his great ghost stories and oh, guns, right? That guy. See, we can name like three things about him. Yeah. That's something. Three whole things. Uh, this one comes from Alice and Alice, Hi, Alice. says, uh, dear horrors. <laughs> Don't know about that is a way great way to refer to us. Um, it's a little oh, hurtful. Oh, I, I, I read over this. Um, mm. Alice is basically arguing that uh, the the cogenitor episode, the one with the um the the third uh, gender. oh the third gender one, yeah yes. yeah yeah, 
uh, is basically Handmaid's Tale. And I had not, it had not occurred to me until Alice made some excellent points about mm. this, but absolutely. Oh. And this, this is a very long email. I'm going to actually, I'll, I'll put the text up in the, uh, in the show notes so you guys can read this because it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Alice always gives us interesting stuff on, uh, yes, on uh, yes. supplementals. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you're familiar with The Handmaid's Tale. I actually just watched the series. This I, year. I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, it is, I mean, it is stressful because it's very good social satire or uh, sure. satire commentary. Um, you know, near future dystopia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, this is basically how it already is. Oof. Yep. <laughs> or, or where it's going. Uh, no, it was the, and the show was quite well made. And uh, Amanda's read the book and she said it was actually quite faithful. They added a subplot to give some other characters something to do. But apart sure. from that, it's pretty much spot on. So wow. All right. So yeah, that's good. Um, and, and yeah, she says, so anyway, am I crazy or did the writers intentionally rip off the handmaid style? They probably did. Cause it was you know. definitely around back then, right? Like, yeah, that yeah, book's yeah. been around for years now. Yeah. Margaret Atwood. Yeah. Canadian treasure, Margaret Atwood. I was about to say, yeah, that you must know about that because of uh, Canadian content. Uh, as someone who's worked in Canadian bookstores for 15 years. Yeah. Yep. No, it was, it was an excellent show. And honestly, if Amanda had told me the book is way better, I would have read that too. But, uh, sure. she said it was almost exactly the same. So didn't really see the point, but, mm. uh, no, I I mean, Star Trek has been doing that from the beginning, too. Like, they'll they'll take a thing they like in another medium and just make a Star Trek about it. And that's fine with me. I liked. Oh, sure. Yeah. I liked Die Hard on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I've liked some of the borrowing old World War II, like submarine movies and stuff. Like, there's yep. there's a lot of stuff they do like that. And, and it, you know, doesn't I wouldn't call it a ripoff, maybe an homage, maybe even a like a an unwitting homage that happens mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Just don't call it a comeback. Uh, no, been here for years. Yeah. I'm kind of like Shaft. So you could say I'm Shaftin. Mm, I don't think that we could say that. All right. Well, don't you ever, ever pull my lever because I explode. <laughs> Good advice. I, I, I could quote terrible Ella Cool J lyrics all damn day. Could I just say finding out that you have a lever that makes you explode is kind of upsetting considering how long we've been working together. Like, don't you ever, ever pull my lever. This should not be new information for me. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't know you drank for weeks at a time. So, I mean, that's fair. We're all learning about stuff this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one comes from Douglas. Douglas. Hi, Douglas. Uh, Are you my a... uncle? Oh, I was thinking of that uh, when the branch was rubbing against the window when they thought the cheat was talking. Douglas. I mean, that's terrifying, but not as terrifying as like my uncle writing a letter to my podcast. <laughs> You don't that know means people in my family have been listening to this show. I, I mean, can't have that. I doubt it because it says greetings from cold, rainy Sydney, Australia. Okay. D- okay. That, uh, yeah, that doesn't quite make sense. So yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, I've been a huge fan of your show for years. It never fails to oh, brighten up my mornings early in a week when I need it the most. I just want to say, even though I thought your most recent show with Vishal covering the breach and cogenitor was your best episode yet. A funny, thoughtful, and respectful discussion. Even though I agree with Vishal's and Matt's take on the episode and its dilemmas, I thought that Al's dissection of how Enterprise lacks any character continuity, Archer the interventionist one week, Archer the diplomat the next, was very well argued and convincing. Keep up the great work. I'm glad I found your show. Warm regards, Douglas. Oh, thank you so much. That's really nice to hear. Honestly, that's what I always hope for with the show, is I want us to disagree. And I know early on, Matt was a little worried about disagreeing because we don't want to fight. We're friends, and that's stressful. Yeah. We can debate and we can mm-hmm. say, I think you're wrong. Here's why. Okay. Well, I think you're wrong. Here's why. All right. Let's it, move on. It, it it helps to have backup. Yeah. Well, I still think, you know, 
take a stand. I'm not going to bug me. I'm not going to say you're stupid. Listen, arguing with people is against my nature, both as a Canadian and as someone with horrible personal problems. Okay, but, you know, I'm saying no, it's not. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just hang up. Yeah. No, I, I do. I honestly do like an episode where one or more of us takes a different stance just so we can get some discussion out of it. Because Matt and I just sitting and ragging on the same shit every week is boring. Like <laughs> a debate gives it something like gives it a different texture. Yeah. I'm glad about that. Well, almost as bad as us agreeing on how great something is. Uh, I don't know about that because that hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> When's the last time we agreed on how great something was? Oh god! On this, not not that you and I disagree a lot. That the show hasn't given us no. anything great. That, what, since what? Deep Space Nine finished up, and we were both like, "That was a great fucking last episode." No, we've we've had a couple of like like when we realized that Kate was great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Naomi Wildman and Seven of Nine. Like there were moments in Voyager that I would call great, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a great show. Yeah, it was Ooh. a pretty terrible show. Very, very terrible. Remember Chakotay? Oh, yes, I do. Somehow. (laughs) Um, I don't know what specifically I'm remembering about him, but yes, there's a Chakotay-shaped lump in my brain. (laughs) Hakuchi Moya. That's what you remember. Like a tumor. I still have my uh, block of wood action figure that that, uh, Brian (laughs) gave me one year when he came out here for Emerald City. Still in the package. I got a little shelf of Star Trek stuff. It's it's up there. I've got I've still got my Neelix action figure, but he's being curb stomped by uh, by a uh, Planet Hulk Hulk action figure and the Fly from Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. Excellent. You know he's pretty fly for a white guy. That's true. He's have, the flyest guy in that movie. Yep. I have I have a whole shelf full of Star Trek stuff. I have the um not most of it relating to our show. I have the great um it's like a brass plaque that uh, our friend Jason had made for us. Mm-hmm. I've got this one of those. That's hang, that one. My mine's hanging up in our in our bedroom. Excellent. Did he yeah. did he make two of those? Yes, he did. I have one too. Oh, excellent. The like the 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 plaque that's supposed to look like the ship's plaque, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I have one too. I did not remember that. That's that's yeah. excellent. I have the um the pad that says no on it that uh, a listener I made lo- for us. I love the pad that says no. Uh, the the heavily annotated version of the Starfleet Academy Worf's first adventure book <laughs> that uh, I believe Deke sent to me. Yep. Another great one yeah. by by Peter David. Yes. Um, some tribbles that are listed. I had, I, did I tell you this? I had that book when I was a kid. Yes, you did. Yes. But this is, this is handwritten. Like every page has some handwritten yep. MST style riffing. Yep. From, uh, I'm pretty sure Deke did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, some truly, truly terrible uh, DS9 action figures. Action figures. That Bob got for me for, I believe, a 300th anniversary, like 300th episode celebration, because it was around oh, this time last year. That's delightful. And they're all they're all glued to some piece of set. Ah. Uh-huh. Like Cisco's standing by a box that he can't separate from. Oh, sure. Cisco's box from mm-hmm. <laughs> that was always showing up on Deep Space Nine. This is my box. Oh, they're yeah. I mean, they're they're great to have, and they remind me of something cool that my friend Bob did for me. But they're, they're mm. terrible, terrible action figures. <laughs> uh, let's see. My this... box is full of baseballs. No, it's it's glued to like the back of his leg. It's not like uh-huh. he's holding it or something. It's like part of the set. 
I just picture him putting it away in a closet and then the lid pops off and all the baseballs roll out. And he's like, all of these baseballs, there's at least one, three, <laughs> 17, 85. Damn oh, it, old God. man. Can you help me count these? There's five, Benjamin. There's five baseballs. Oh, God. That's not what I got at all. I got a remainder. My math doesn't check out. <laughs> I'm Cisco, and I'm bad at math. <laughs> um, That's an odd choice we made a couple of years ago. <laughs> based on one thing that happened in one episode, and it just yep. kind of really got away from us. Yep. Uh, this one comes from Mike X. Hi, Mike. And, and he says, Again. Hi, Al. Hi, Matt. Hi. Oof. Well, that happened. Enterprise Season 2. You know, I broke my elbow one time. Might have mentioned in an email on your other podcast back before your space-time accident revised history and turned it into a sketch sure. comedy show. And sure. I can honestly say the pain of exercising the scar tissue out of a cracked elbow joint two days after the injury is nothing compared to this last season. Mm, God, that sounds painful. I don't know why I'm watching anymore. I mean, I'm not even getting paid for it the way you guys are. Um. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Let's not talk about how far into debt I've gone this year for our creative projects. More, more for the game we're making. But uh, yeah, uh, Nicky Wilkins game coming soon. <laughs> yes, but uh, this show uh, also costs a bit of money um, from the uh, the server costs, from having to buy copies of Enterprise for us, from occasionally traveling to record together or do live shows, booking mm -hmm. the venues for live shows. Like you know, uh, so to to that end, if you want to maybe throw us a buck or two, uh, um, there's a link in the show notes for that. I mm -hmm. uh, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna plug that, but while we're talking, yeah, we sure we, you know we could use that. Uh, this has left me with a lot of questions. Not really big life with a capital L questions, but more like why does Gene Roddenberry hate me? If a large portion of Star Trek is terrible, doesn't it logically follow that all Star Trek is by extension terrible? And should I just give up caring about Trek in any meaningful way and throw all my support behind something that will never let me down, like say Star Wars? So yeah, answer me that, I guess. Or don't. I'm, sh I'm not sure I care anymore. Stupid Enterprise. Anyway, see you back here for season three. Uh, yeah, um, the thing is, like, <clears throat> when it gets this bad, and you're wondering to yourself, and we've had this moment, I've had Al say to me, Matt, I don't know if I like Star Trek. Yeah. Um, if you go back and you remember the stuff that actually is good. I was bat I was home uh, at my parent, my mom's place uh, a couple months back. Uh, and very bored and with access to Canadian Netflix. Um, and I ended up watching uh, Journey to Babel. Uh-huh. Just because I had nothing else to do and I didn't want to go to bed yet. And that shit's real good, man. Like, yeah. there's some real – there's a reason we do this show. It's hard to remember now that we're in year seven, eight. No. Are we in year eight yet? Uh, we started in 2010, so when the calendar changes, we will be in year eight. Yeah, in year eight of this show that we've been doing. And, like, it, you know, there's still stuff that's, like, there's a reason we like Star Trek. There's some really good stuff out there. You just need to go back and remember that stuff. Go fucking, stop watching Enterprise. Go watch Deep Space Nine. Well, the problem is it's all stacked in a way where the good stuff kind of happened in the first half. And we knew this going in. We just kind of ignored it. Yeah, it won't be that bad. Or we won't still be doing it. Like, one yeah. of the other things kind of popped into our heads. But... The thing is, if it were distributed more evenly, it wouldn't feel so painful. It's just the mm. last two shows until Discovery came along were the worst things. Yeah. Yeah. They completely lost sight of, of how to make a good Star Trek show by the mid-90s, and they kept making them until the mid-2000s. Yeah. Like, it took 10 years for, for this era to end. Mm-hmm. 
But like, you know, when you're feeling like that, go back, man. Like, watch, uh, watch Best of Both Worlds. Watch like fucking Rathacon, mm-hmm. Undiscovered Country. The uh, whole the 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 like ten episodes or whatever it is that opened season six of DS Nine. Mm-hmm. Go watch uh, Trek 09, the show that made us do this in the first, or the um, movie that made us do this in the first place. Not That's everyone's like, not everyone's into that. That's fair. Like I and I get that. I don't get if someone watches DS Nine and says this is a bad show. That I don't mm-hmm. understand. But I do understand people not liking Abrams' take on that. That sure, you know, I get that. But no, there there are absolutely a lot of great. I mean, there's whole chunk. There's like a season or two of Next Gen that's almost entirely perfect. Yeah, I want to say season three and season four. Like, there's like one or two bad episodes, and otherwise, quite good. Same mm-hmm. with DS Nine. Yep, and large portions of the original series. Like, eh, maybe not large portions, but yeah, <laughs> there was a more, run there more, more than you think of the original series. Yeah, most of the movies. Yep, I don't go for that odd number rule. I say most of the no. Movies. I mean, that, that shit breaks down the second you hit, like, uh, uh, Search for Spock. And I, a I have problems with- A lot of people don't like with, that movie. That's fine. I did. I love a, it. A lot of people will defend motion picture, and I didn't like that, so. Yeah. No, I would say one and five are weak. Five is bad. One is just boring. Five's but a, the rest five's are quite a good. bad fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. One is just slow. Like, if you cut that into a, an episode-length story, probably okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. But um, um, and if you're looking for new stuff, like you know, there's probably perfect. decent books you haven't read. Oh yeah, and um, um, I'm super into. I got. I was super into the New Frontier books for years. That's an entirely new Trek series with like new characters. That you know, if you're into Peter David's Trek writing, is pretty fucking great. Yeah, I for some reason I couldn't get into those, but I definitely I like him. So that's yeah, fair. I, I get, get that like I get it. But, there are um, there are definitely other good Trek books out there though. Like yeah. there's, there's a couple of authors I've hit and just okay, everything everything I've read by them now I want cuz Yep, the Reef Stevens is Yeah. Uh their stuff's amazing. Fucking Federation. Yeah. Uh Prime Direct Did they do Prime Yeah, they did. They did Prime, Prime Directive and Memory Alpha. Yeah, all of those are fucking great. Wait, was it called Memory Alpha? Prime Directive. No, it's not Memory Alpha. Um But they did another book that was about Memory the place called Memory Alpha, which I don't yeah. remember what it was, but yeah, also good. Um, Al really likes, uh, who's the, 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 Christopher the Bennett. card book. Yeah. Christopher Bennett. Yep. Like that guy a lot. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely stuff. The, um, the recent, uh, IDW series, most of the comics I have not been into, but, uh, Waypoint, which yep, I think Waypoint's was only real fucking good. That's the only one ran with six that, issues, uh, but that's got that Naomi Wildman story. Well, it's an anthology title, so it, it's yeah. got a lot of stuff, but yeah, one of them was this adorable Naomi Wildman story. Uh, did you ever did you ever read that whole title though? I've got it. It's actually um, I uh, subscribed to Comicsology Unlimited, and it actually just ah, popped up on there, so excellent. I can read it for free now. Yeah, so so good. Like best. Yeah. And what I've been saying for years and years is Trek is a big enough universe. You should be giving it the Star Wars treatment. You should be doing absolutely like lots of different takes on it from weird little corners of it. And they're so. This is what I was saying when they announced Tarantino's thing, which mm-hmm. still may or may not happen. Like. I want to see Tarantino's Star Trek because I want to see a lot. Like, I also want to see some women write and direct it. I also want to see some people of color write and direct it. Like, I want to see big directors and people just coming up out of TV and, like, all different takes. Like, I I don't want to only see Quentin Tarantino's take on it. I just want to see his along with a bunch of other people's. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing is Trek was stuck for so long. Yeah, the same people running it and writing the same stuff over and over again. 
Yeah, and they're gone now. And now, like, you know, give that universe to everybody. Like, give it the Star Wars treatment. Like, like yeah. one-off stories directed by different directors that are, you know, up and coming or whatever. Like, that would mm-hmm. be great. Give but, my left nut to see Taika Waititi doing, a tr- oh, doing something Trek-related. Hell yes. Or like Jordan Peele. Yes, fuck yes. To take an example of a guy who has proven himself as a great director and also quite a good, you know, writer-performer. Yep. And he's they, Although I'll ta- although I'll take his Twilight Zone too. Oh yeah, his so. Twilight Zone's going to be fantastic. I can almost yeah. guarantee. But what I'm saying is that's how I kind of know he'd be into it. Mm-hmm. Or probably maybe he hates Star Trek, but I doubt it. He's got yeah. that he's if he's doing Twilight Zone, he's obviously willing to do nerd stuff. Yeah. Or say Patty Jenkins who directed Wonder Woman. Yes. Fuck that would be good. I mean, I wish I could name more like female directors who have done high profile like big action stuff and I can't unfortunately. Le- uh, Lexi Alexander. Okay. I love her fucking stuff. She's uh, mostly TV, but uh Okay. She does like big cool action shit. But I mean that would be an excuse to do that as well to 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 mm. diversify things a bit in addition to giving it to big established directors like and not just Tarantino. Give it to some other guys too. I'd love yeah. to see Edgar Wright's Star Trek. Oh god, that would be amazing. He'd do it in a fucking minute too. You know he would. Yeah. Well, especially since Simon Pegg's in there now. Yeah. He's got his friend working right in there. So, you know. Yeah. Bring, uh, yeah. Bring in, oh, God, why can't Nick I Frost. remember his name? Nick Frost, thank you. Bring Nick Frost in as an admiral. Yeah. But there's all kinds of nerd, like, nerd-friendly directors. I mean, you know, I'm still coasting on the high of, of Last Jedi. Give one to Rian Johnson. Oh, God, that guy, that guy is so fucking good. Have yeah. you seen Brick? I have not, but I've heard it's good. Check it out. There's just this, I would love to hear all these voices in Star Trek and like, that's the thing about Discovery too is, okay, some people don't like this darker take and I completely get that and there should be lighter stuff too. So give, yeah, do that too. Like there was a point in the nineties where we had three, like uh, two series and movies happening at the same time. Yeah. You had Voyager DS9 and next gen movies all happening at once and everyone was fine with it. And that was before like. Marvel had three movies out every year and a bunch of TV series. And before one Star Trek or Star Wars movie a year, like people are more receptive to that now. You know what I would love is I would love them to do a uh, new animated series based on uh, based on like new new Trek, like the movie Trek. That could be fun. Just have like do like a like a all ages like it's sort of in the style of the original animated series, but, you know, good. Um, just them going around doing Mission of the Week stuff. I would love that. That would be amazing. See, what I would like is an animated... And there's no reason not to do that shit. Well, what I would like is an animated series that maybe covered uh, next-gen DS9 Voyager because those guys are getting older, but they could still do voices. Oh, totally. Like, Patrick Stewart is getting a little old to play Picard, but I bet he'd show up for one day of recording for an animated I, Picard. The, the dude does voice acting now. Yeah. Like, that dude is on American Dad, assuming that show still exists, like, every week now. Yeah. So no, and that but that would be a good use because a lot of the older guys like Star Wars is is using, you know, I mean, they got to Carrie Fisher just in time. Yeah, but they're using their old guys while they still can, because let's face it, they're not going to be around forever. And mm-hmm. maybe Trek needs to like, given what we just learned about George Takei, maybe not anymore. But for the longest time, I thought there was a way to pull off a Captain Sulu thing in the middle of all this. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, give it to John Cho. I'd be fine. <laughs> but. You know, like there's there's so many things you can do, and it's so weird to me that this brand is so protective of like they finally got a new show out tw- 
12 years after the last one. And it's it's pretty good. I like a lot yeah. of it, but it's not like I get why a lot of people are disappointed. And it's also sure. stuck away on a streaming service not everyone can get. So, yeah, you know, like they should maybe just Disney needs to buy Star Trek. Maybe that's what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, because they know how to do this shit. Uh-huh. So. Anyway. Yeah, get, the fact that like you know this, it's such a huge brand, and it's so there's so much of it way. now. Like yeah. especially when you look at how much Star Wars crap there is, and I say crap derogatorily, but I mean like I read and watch and play. But even just the official it. canon stuff, like yeah, there are now nine movies plus uh, two long running series plus yep. a bunch of garbage. But you know, <laughs> but the good but, stuff. Like, you could crank this shit out, man. Like, you know, something for, there's something here for everybody, or there yeah. should be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't love Rogue One, but a lot of people did, and I'm glad it exists. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some people don't like Rebels, but I really do. Like, it's yeah. give things a different tone so that they can appeal to different people. Give someone that fun Star Trek show that they say they wanted from Discovery. Like, by yeah. all means. Like, that's the thing is, and maybe this is what Deke was talking about earlier. Getting kids into Trek is hard now. Yeah, I don't know. Like I used to watch it because fucking the original series would be on all the time. And, you know, it's a weird sci fi show with bright colors. Like, of course, I as an eight year old, I'm going to watch that shit. But like, you know, people don't watch TV like that anymore. You can't just they can't just find the original series because they're flipping channels and it looks interesting. I mean, I think it's still on TV, but I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't watch TV, like regular TV no, anymore. No, I haven't watched TV watch like that in years, so I can't say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Roy. This is a comment on our website, and it says, I enjoy listening to your reviews. A buddy and I played a drinking game with the word like. Blacked out drunk. Yep, Based that sounds about right. down on the floor, and hell of a rough ne- next day as well. Yeah, we have our verbal crutches. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah, don't do not don't do that if you want to stay so- sober. Yeah. Thinking uh, about it is why I drink. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Spurious K. Hello, Spurious. Uh, Enterprise. Oh, Enterprise. Season two was maximum burned out writers. You can feel it seeping through like some eldritch horror clawing its way through the screen and into your brain, smelling like burnt toast. Just like so many stale ideas after stale, just so many stale ideas after stale executions. Even though season three isn't amazing, it's clear actually having a direction to drive the show in for for a season really, really helped. At least the Zindi are interesting and stuff happens. Some of which isn't Archer complaining or being in prison. Some. It'd be nice. <laughs> I liked some. <laughs> uh, let's see. This one comes from Dan. Hi, Dan. Uh, a few things. One, Al is pretty much right about dark matter. Uh <laughs> Basically to account for some weird movements in space and generally have uh, still have general relativity hold. We have to pretend that there is a lot of matter and energy out there that we can't see. Yeah, I, that's why I, I thought I had read that somewhere. Cool. Educational. Yeah. Uh, two, I think future guy showing up to tell them about the expanse was more to be like, this isn't the temporal cold war. It's something new. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Three, as much as shut I up, like, future guy. <laughs> shut up, Daniels. <laughs> Three, as much as I like bashing Bran and Braga, uh, if I recall, the Temporal Cold War was a studio mandate, not him. My understanding is that he spent two years wanting to do interesting things with Enterprise, uh, but the studio wouldn't let him. So he spent two years constantly trying to do something interesting and getting shot down until the show had such bad ratings they would let him try anything. He did his dream season for season three and then peaced out. Uh, This is not a spoiler, since you already watched Star Trek Beyond. Balthazar Edison. 
Uh, Balthazar Edison, going to buy some box again. <laughs> buy some box again. All right. Early, okay. Not your best one. Uh, fighting the Zindi. And it's got a quote from Balthazar Edison here. I fought for humanity. Lost millions to the Zindi and Romulan wars. And for what? For the Federation to sit me in a captain's chair and break brave with the enemy. Is that, a, is that an okay Balthazar Edison? I love you, Balthazar Edison. Hello. Um, no, you don't. Balthazar, Balthazar Edison. Look, this is this is the real way that that guy talks. All right, this is <laughs> this is the way Idris Elba actually sounds when he's talking. Gonna cancel the apocalypse. What was his monster name? Crag Crate Crate. Was he Crate sure, Crank? Was, you're just thinking of boxes now. Crate, yes, Crate. Boxes full of baseballs. Yeah. Um. Okay. Crake. No, it was, uh, uh, was it cake? Yes. It cake. Cake. Yes. Probably cake. Oh, uh, I had it and then I lost it and it doesn't matter because I didn't, I didn't like that guy. With Finn the human and cake the, the. That guy. Monster guy. The fun will never end. It's adventure time. Uh, this one comes from Steven and he says, hi, Alan, Matt. Why do you think so many episodes lately have terrible endings? I actually enjoyed, or as much as you can enjoy, Enterprise, a lot of the episodes as they unfolded, even the ghost episode with Hoshi, but the endings just retroactively sour the whole thing. Mm. Uh, I mean, endings the, are hard. Uh, these guys, and I say this over and over again, but these guys have five story outlines that they use. Mm -hmm. And it's, one, they kind of suck, but two, they're always the same thing. Yep. So there's that. Uh, have you watched some of the extras on the Blu-rays? They go over a lot about what you talk about from Memory Alpha and the writing process, and I think some of your questions would be answered there on why the show is so bad in general. I find it a lot more interesting than the show itself. Yeah, I've seen some I mean, of that. yeah. I, I'm not going to watch more Enterprise stuff. Like. <laughs> I don't know. You might want to watch the guy who plays Trip talking about whatever. Like, I don't I don't like the idea of there being a person who is who looks like Trip who isn't Trip. Yeah, that's fair. By which I mean there being an actor who plays Trip. I just want Trip as the character. It's like in the same way that I'm uncomfortable with the idea of Peter Venkman and Bill Murray being two different people. I guess that's fair. There was a story that uh, Chuck Jones told one time where um, uh, somebody introduced their kid to him and said, mm -hmm. uh, this guy draws Bugs Bunny. And kid looked at him and said, no, he draws pictures of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Bugs Bunny's a real thing. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> Steven continues, do you feel Voyager was better than Enterprise at this point? Yes. Season two? Yeah, we, we did. We, there was a lot we liked at that point, I think. Yeah. Uh, can you do a Gift of the Magi sketch with Trip and Mark Twain? Uh, <laughs> I sold my hair to get you this watch, Bob. I sold my combs to get you this watch. The end. My watch tells time. Okay. That's <laughs> so does why, my hair. That's that's why I hate time, because of Mark Twain. <laughs> I still, no kidding, this is true. I hate the real Mark Twain because of that Star Trek episode. Yeah, that that's true. Like, I, I have had occasion to see quotes from him, to occasionally mm -hmm. read, like, a short story of his in a collection or whatever. I don't remember when it came up, but I like, here's the thing by Mark Twain. Nope, no thank you. I went to visit Al in uh, Seattle one time, and I actually got the chance to watch him kick Mark Twain's biography down the street for about a half an hour. <laughs> you had gotten it for me as a gift, actually. <laughs> in retrospect, not my best decision. 
Actually, Nate got me uh, this uh, magnet Mark Twain. It's like a little finger puppet that's, that's <laughs> held up uh, on my on one of my whiteboards with a magnet. I'm looking every right, time I right now. Every time I feel good about time, I look up at it and I remember how much I hate time. Time. My, my, my pistola. <laughs> I got to stop Data from doing whatever the fuck he was doing. Mr. Data. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Guinan, I do declare. Oh, wow, wow, See, this one comes from Richard. Hi, Richard. Uh, oh, Richard, our, our troubadour. Oh, yes. Un- awesome. Looks like Al accidentally summoned Ri- Ricky the catfish sprite. So, you want a song about catfish? And then Miss this mess showed up in my garage band folder. So, <laughs> That's how music works. There we go. Want to hear All right. it? The song that Richard did. Oh, there's catfish. Yes, there's catfish. Catfish on the Enterprise. Hey, catfish. you know there's catfish. Lots of catfish. Catfish on the Enterprise. It's a big old boat in spice. <laughs> Richard, you have done it again. If you're ever wondering why... Here in the middle of uh, here at the end of season two, we're still powering along. We're right in the it's, middle, like right in the yeah. eye of the hurricane. Yeah, it's it's because occasionally we get stuff like that. Listeners will write in and, and say things like that mm-hmm. just, or do things like that. Yeah, just just delightful. That keeps me strong, man. That will be in the show notes. We also I've been putting those on our uh, sound. I have a SoundCloud page of, of different things that I've done, and I put those there so people can mm-hmm. listen and download if they like. Because the, and the, while you're the, while you're there, uh, remind yourself of some of uh, some of the other hits. Oh yeah, that Richard's the, made for a us a bunch of great, bunch of great songs. I I recently played uh, uh, played the Rom song to myself and mm-hmm. uh, was not disappointed. No, pretty great. Uh Let's see. Uh, Richard says, hope this is still a thing. I heard Matt make a Cisco is bad at math joke the other day. Well, you heard it earlier in this episode. Yeah, you're in luck. So who knows uh, what what can come back? Um, Then then there's some stuff about the Orville that, uh, sorry, you guys have made me hate the Orville. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This is from Scott. Oh, gay Scott, he calls himself. I guess we called him that once or twice and now he's he's taken it up. I I kind of regret doing that. So yeah, I mean, if he's going to own it, good. Yeah, that's that's fine. But at the time, I kind of thought it was okay to say stuff like that, and maybe less so now. Yeah. Would you? Uh, I'm going to apologize for that right now. Actually, yeah. sorry. Well, sorry. The time. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. Sorry. We appreciate you owning it, but uh, yes, uh, that was shitty of us. He says, "Wanted your opinion as esteemed trekologists, trekademics, trek trekitlectuals, whatever." We now have two Star- We now have two Star Trek series, and technically the three Abram movies set in the show's past. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they won't boldly go into the undiscovered country of what comes after DS9 and Voyager? That's what I want. That's the, like... I, I get it. I've, I get it because I think you come up with so much magic technology that can solve all the problems. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Like, probably they're tired of holodecks and they're tired of, like, all the different stuff you can do to just fix everything. Mm-hmm. That if you go back a little, it's still futuristic, but you don't have all that stuff. Yeah. That's plus, probably why. you can, plus with stuff like Discovery, you can do stuff like, oh, this main character knows Spock, a character you've heard of. Yeah. Or here's Harry Mudd. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's that whole, I, that's that whole people only want things they've heard of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, 
And which, I hate it. And I which would love is, if... It's weird because the thing in Discovery that I think people don't like is that it's mm. not enough like other Star Trek. Do you remember there was the, I think it was J.J. Abrams, but now I don't remember. We did an episode about uh, uh, series pitches a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of them was going to be a hundred years after uh, the end of Voyager, which is like the further or the end of Nemesis, which is the furthest out that timeline ever got. I think was that Brian Fuller? I, it was either Brian Fuller or J.J. Abrams. I don't. No, know. No, it wasn't Abrams. Abrams. It wasn't. A- okay. No, and I want. It was. It might have been Brian Singer. Now that I think of it, and it wasn't. Uh, it, I know it wasn't. Uh, Straz- uh, yeah, Straczynski. No, that was a different thing. That was yeah. actually a similar to the Abrams thing, where it was a reboot. Yeah, yeah, but um, someone had a pitch for, like, a Trek series that was going to take place 100 years from the 24th century. Mm-hmm. It was going to have a guy called, like, uh, George A. Kirk or something. It was yeah. going to be Kirk's descendant. And in concept, you know, I'm down for that. Like, yeah, show us the f- show us the future. It's a show about the future. I think there's so many ways you could do it. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to go forward, but if you go back, don't just, like, do a Voyager-type show that's away from everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could set it in Kirk's time or what? Like if you like the aesthetic, if you like, yeah. like if you want it to be on a on an original classic Enterprise type ship, send mm-hmm. those guys to another galaxy. They angered some Q type being, and he sent them to another, like a completely other galaxy. And so there's no Federation at all. Yeah, for instance, just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's so many things you could do. Yeah, and they're just not. Yeah, I, j- I I would love that, but, you know, like, it's easier and safer to just do, like, yeah, these guys know Spock. I also think there is a perception that there's a lot of baggage with a new Trek series, that if it takes mm. place after everything, that the audience will be expected to know everything that came before. Sure, and I mean, And, and with Discovery, you're true. only expected to kind of know the original series. Mm. That might be part of it, too, like, from a marketing standpoint. I don't, sure. I don't believe it, I don't agree with it, but I think that's how the, the suits see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, let's see. This one comes from James. Dear Matt and Al, you're sent back in time and made showrunners for the third season of Enterprise. Braga has been fired and Berman is in jail. <laughs> With some degree of realism, what are your what are the first five things you do to improve the show? I, I think we already covered that. We sort of hit that, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a great question. It just happened yeah. to come up earlier in the, in the episode. Yeah. So, uh, This one comes from Chris. Uh, hey, Hi, guys. Chris. Thanks for slogging through Enterprise for us. I personally don't hate it as much as you do, but I think that's only because I selectively remember seasons three and four and forget seasons one and two exist. I've always been a huge fan of season three, so I can't wait to hear your opinion. I wanted to write to you and tell you about the only Enterprise story ever told in comics. In Star Trek Waypoint number four, a young Jonathan Archer goes out to the woods to play and his parents make him take the family beagle that he hates. A Sulaban appears, kicks him into a frozen lake, and the beagle seems to save him which makes him love beagles. Flash forward to the present day around season one, and Archer realizes that crewman Daniel sent Porthos back in time to save him from a Sulaban attack. Even the material about this show that comes out over 10 years later makes it hard to defend it. That's fucking stupid. It is. I remember that one, and I remember kind of just skimming over it because it's like, wait, I haven't watched Enterprise yet. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's shockingly stupid. The Enterprise writers had uh, some good stuff happening behind the scenes one of their policies was no episodes about porthos like no no episodes where porthos is a hero yeah just just he's a dog that's it yeah and i think that that's a good thing to do who sends a dog back in time to help somebody what the fuck's wrong with you daniel send a lifeguard (laughs) captain i got this whistle and these weird floaty (laughs) foamy things i don't know what they're for captain i'd love to help you but i'm stuck in my tall chair (laughs) Help! 
It was either me or Malcolm, and you don't want him checking out bikini babes. Riddle me this. Who rescues the lifeguard? <laughs> who guards the lifeguard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that yeah, does, that sounds fucking dumb as hell. That does remind me, though, there is, uh, going back to, we were talking about books and stuff. Uh, ah. Christopher Bennett, the, one of the authors that I like, um, mm. wrote a whole series of, uh, I think they're called Rise of the Federation or something like that. They take place post-Enterprise. Yes. Where they actually build the Federation, and I think they touch on the Romulan War and, like, a bunch of stuff we wanted from this show. Like, in speaking of going back and fixing it a bit, mm. I'm actually looking forward to sampling some Enterprise novels, seeing some other writers' takes on, like, maybe they can make this better. Yeah. No, and I think that'd be a great idea. Maybe that's a mistake, but maybe the correct writer could make it not terrible. Like I, I can think of some ideas, even in the framework of what they've established in the show. If I got, if, if someone just said, Hey, we like all the stupid shit you say on your podcast here, here's some Uh money, write a novel. Yeah. Like a Star Trek novel. I could, I could come up with a good enterprise novel. I bet. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's enough good characters and interesting concepts to do that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, last one comes from Stacy. Uh, Hi, Stacy. First, she points out the Balthazar Edison mentions the Zindi thing in, in Beyond. That's true. The Zindi. Yeah. So I, I think what they're referring to is me saying no one's ever talked about it before. And yeah, yeah okay. But Sorry. Still. Yeah. It's never come up before that. I, I'm i sure if we'd watched Beyond recently, we would have noticed that. But like. Yeah, possibly. At the time, we were still watching uh, Voyager, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and probably didn't realize. Probably. Uh, and then Stacy says, too, in the last episode, you mentioned you like episodes that have random things you don't see interconnected, but actually are. You would probably like the show Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Well, I've seen it and I do like it. So mm-hmm. that's been on it. my uh, to watch list for a while. I definitely enjoy the fundamental interconnectedness of all things. Mm. Uh, the, they're not a lot like the books. That's well, fine. I don't remember liking the books very much. Oh, the books the are all right. I, I haven't read them since like. I finished the Hitchhiker's books for the first time. I was looking for something else. Yeah. Read them, didn't like them, and then read Hitchhiker's books uh, 80 more times. The thing is, Douglas Adams is a fundamental part of my, like, like a huge, huge influence on me. Like one of the mm-hmm. found, like one of the writers I read and said, I want this. I want to do yeah. this. I want to see more of this. I Like, this is my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But going back not too long ago and reading again, like, he's incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. He, has, he, he is... One of the most clever writers I've ever read, mm-hmm. but he's not a very good storyteller. Like, yeah, all of his stories depend on some random element moving things around. And like in, in Hitchhikers, it's the improbability drive in Dirk Gently. It's the interconnectedness of all things. Like he can't just move characters from A to B. He's got to find a way to s- scramble it and random it up to tell his jokes. Like, yeah, he's just not very good at plot. It's um, his stuff feels very episodic, which. You know, might just be because it used to be an episode show, but uh, even the the books always felt that way to me. Yeah. Like this thing, then this thing, then this thing. Yeah. And as a, as a comedy writer, I see it like you're leading Mm -hmm. us from one great joke idea to the next, but it doesn't really, they don't really hold together as novels to me. Sure. Like in terms of a story with an arc where a character grows and changes, like that doesn't really happen. I mean, that might, might be why my favorite version has always been the radio show. That could be. Because it doesn't matter. It's just a random like, and I like that as a as a mm-hmm. joke, like as a as a joke dispensing machine. Sure, but in terms of you know linear plot, not, mm-hmm. not the best. Uh, that said, um, I've only seen season one of Dirk Gently. The second season just ended, and I find it worked better 
all in one go. So now that mm. it's done, I can watch that too. Um, yeah. Everything is feels random, but actually ends up being connected. And mm-hmm. it basically what it plays as is Doctor Who. Oh, cool. Dirk okay, is this insane force of nature character that just jumps into a thing without looking and deals with the consequences later? And he's got a hapless assistant that kind of has to clean up after him. <laughs> and it just feels very. And he's the only British one in it, so the, in that respect, also, he kind of reminds you of Doctor Who because he's he oh, cool. Bursts onto the scene and starts, you know, rattling off things in a British accent, and the other guys, just, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about him. <laughs> it, just, it feels very Doctor Who to me. Unfortunately, it's run by Max Landis, who is kind of a human garbage bag. I mean, that's true. Um, but despite that, still <laughs> a pretty good show. Uh, anyway, that's all the mail we have. Anything else you yeah. wanted to? Uh, uh, I think that's everything. Um, once again, thanks for writing in. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. I know it's always it's, nice hearing from you guys. I know it's not probably the easiest for some of you to continue listening to us just say the same stuff every week. The show gives us the same stuff. There's, it, it, it's hard, man. <laughs> We're trying. We really are. We wanna. We don't want to keep giving you the same commentary every week, but we 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 work with what we have but on the it, on the plus side only another 6 months or so yeah 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 june late june is when uh, yeah. we're done with enterprise uh we're on to discovery uh we've mentioned this before but i feel like i could say it again after that we're going to be mm-hmm. doing like while we're waiting for more discovery we're not going to go yeah. away we're going to just do a bunch of one off stuff like yeah. uh, like we did last week with the gavs only all the time yeah old weird sci-fi stuff from yeah throughout television's history or current like we could do something yeah. from now doesn't have to be yep. old doesn't have to be bad like, yep we could i i would like them to be an hour long is pretty much the only mm-hmm. and i feel like we could even stretch the definition of sci-fi like we could do some fantasy-ish stuff we could do some horror oh, definitely. stuff like i would totally do a xena i would love to do xena i would love i've mentioned this before i want to do bruce campbell's jack of all trades show sure we could do ash versus evil dead I just started watching that. That show rocks. I it's not for me, but I get it. You were I, never an Evil Dead guy, right? No, it's fine. I was a fucking Army of Darkness and Clerks man when I was in fucking the last year of high school. I watched yep. those two movies about eight million times. No, I totally get that, and I never thought it was bad. It's just not my thing. But yeah, um, that's fair. I've also seen Bruce Campbell going around for the last thirty years and saying, "Yeah, one day, one day, mm-hmm. we're going to do it again, one day." Yep. And I'm happy for him that he finally one day actually happened. Yeah, because I felt kind of sad for him. This is like the, this feels like the thing he's been waiting for, you yeah. know, like bur- like burn notice, the st- the 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 Hercules and Xena stuff, mm-hmm. everything else. He just biding his to. time. It's just like, OK, but one, one day it's like uh, Harrison Ford waiting for a new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, exactly. Some some people just latch on to a bit that they've done and want to do it again. And they just got to mm. wait for the machine to come around to them, you know. And, and I get it, man. Like that character is a f- would be a fuck of a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Like yeah. the swaggering idiot who gets to kill monsters. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Again, it doesn't really do anything for me, but I get it. Sure. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff we can cover. Over the and what I'm saying, what I was originally saying was, it doesn't have to just be sci-fi. I'd mostly like to stick to sci-fi, but yeah, if there's something like any kind of fantastical thing, like I want to show you an episode of Gotham. Okay, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I seriously, I would entertain anything for an hour. Like we have yeah. sat through, like seriously, a combined just between Voyager and Enterprise uh mm-hmm. uh what is it like 11 to 12 12 no 11 11 seasons of Berman and Braga 
Yep. I will take a one off of anything. And yep. we'll throw some good stuff in there too. Maybe maybe the like the uh, remake Battlestar Galactic from a couple years ago. Yep. Oh, that reminds me. Did you hear Ron Moore's doing a new space show? I am here for that. Yeah. Uh, I guess Apple's trying to launch their own streaming thing, and I don't love that. But uh, well, at this point, every company is like, yeah, I know. This is the world we live in now. I know, and are probably going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that could be interesting. But uh, uh-huh. the other, I mean, it doesn't have to be garbage. Although uh, my personal preference is the more obscure, weird shit, the better. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily bad, but just like here's a show from like the mid '60s that what the hell were they thinking? Like, that's the kind of well, stuff I like to dig up. We just, the, the, the fucking, the puppet show we just did with the Gavs last yeah, week. That's a good example. I've never heard fucking, of that. Yeah. And it was the weirdest goddamn thing I've seen and in it, a long time. It wasn't really good, but it was interesting to, to watch for an hour. Yeah. And I'd love to do, I want to find the Questor tapes. Oh, totally. Just, the other uh, Gene Roddenberry series. One of the other Gene Roddenberry series. Yeah. He got a bunch half sort of half ass off the ground. Yeah. But there's a, there's a bunch of stuff like that. There was a uh, British, oh God, what was it? It's an anthology show like Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits, but it was a British mm-hmm. one that didn't run for very long that uh, that I actually kind of liked. Uh, Journey to the Unknown from the late 60s. Ooh, that, good title. Uh, yeah, I think I think you might enjoy. I got I, yeah. I grabbed up a whole bunch of um, anthology shows. I was on a kick for a while. Sure. Amazing stories from Amazing the stories. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Uh, That's was, Spielberg, right? Uh, yeah. Well, he produced yeah, it. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to check that out. Uh, Ray Bradbury Theater was a thing for a yep. while. Uh, there was a Masters of Sci-Fi that briefly ran that was like same as Masters of Horror, but not nearly. It as just good. wasn't as good, right? Yeah, because uh, Masters of Horror got these great horror directors and Masters of Sci-Fi, I think, got great writers, but they didn't really go after the big directors. So That's too bad. Yeah. It was a little disappointing. However, I believe it was hosted by Jonathan Frakes, so that's something. No, I'll take but there's that. there's a million billion things, and and after we run through our initial wish list, yeah, uh, we could definitely take suggestions from the audience. We might yeah, not, absolutely we might not take them, but we would definitely listen to them. Yeah. Oh, one other thing, and we could cut this if if you don't if you're not into it. Uh-huh. Um, how would you feel after we finish all of Star Trek that exists? Uh huh. Maybe choosing, say, five episodes from the past and not replacing, uh, not of Pa and oh. not, not replacing them, but recording uh-huh. new versions of them to go alongside the old ones. Dude, you know, I'm down for that. I know there's a handful of original series like early on that you want to do, but I'm, there's a couple others where it's like, okay, my take on this might be different now. I even just like going back to like uh, an episode, like episodes just to see what we think about it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do a lot of it. I feel like we could pick five that for whatever good idea. Re- no, and to like uh, maybe from each series or something. Yeah. Well, no, there's a because there's a handful of original series ones that we kind of sure. wish there. And again, we would keep the old ones out there. It's not a George Lucas thing where you can't get the original anymore. It's just a no. It would, it's out there if you want it. But also, hey, here's one where the mics are on. And yeah, no, I like that. Thought I, about it for five seconds. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And for instance, there's one or two sort of problematic things that I maybe hadn't considered back then that maybe now I'd feel yeah. differently about or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Or if we wanted to torture ourselves, we could go back and watch Past Tense again or, you know, whatever. <clears throat> We're not doing Oh, that. it's good now. Yeah, it's no, not. Still not. All right. So that's all for this time. Uh, if you want to write to us for the next one, which won't be until uh, April, I think. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Early April. Uh, but uh, you know, anytime you want to write to us, post stomachcore at Gmail, the website is post mm-hmm. There's a link near the top for the store. If you want to buy, 
you know, shirts or whatever. That'd be cool. Yep. We got the post to toe shirt. Yeah, that's true. Also, just which is a, really cool. A classic logo shirt. Also good. Excellent um, Christmas present that will not arrive before Christmas. Oh, God. This show posts after Christmas, I believe. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, for me, it's still the 22nd. Yeah. And I guess for you, too. Yeah. We, uh, this is, I'm only 100 miles north of you. There's We're in the same time zone. <laughs> and the same Fucking date. T- Fucking time. Time. Uh, we have a Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Uh, if you want, if you're a Facebook person, mm-hmm. sure, whatever, uh, there is a Facebook page for Algar Productions, which uh, posts past stuff along with things for the other podcasts that I produce, uh, Containment yeah. Corner and um, uh, We're Trying, and, uh, other stuff. If you want to check that out, there'd be news uh, about our game. Oh, our game will be out in January. Uh, go to pinheadgames.com to find out about that. Yep. You can, uh, the trailer's up on, uh, uh, Facebook page, as I recall, right? Yeah, I put it on YouTube YouTube, and I link to it elsewhere. But yeah, check all that stuff out. Um, Uh, oh, and on Twitter, uh, I am at Algar. He is at Robot Matt. Yep. Um, and, uh, like us on iTunes or whatever. Sure, fine. And yeah. All right. Uh, see ya, folks. See ya, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.